Hey y'all, welcome to Beautifully Healthy. I'm Dr. Allison Key, and of course, my buddy Erica Smith, physician assistant, is here today. Hello. And we are joined by the beautiful and talented and intelligent Jacqueline Hightower. Hello, hello. So we have a very interesting, although some people may think morbid, topic today. We're talking about your education and your uh, future career plans. Funerals. Funerals. Well, it's an important part of everyday life. Yeah. You live and you die and we're all going to do it someday. So might as well be part of that. Might as well prepare now. That's right. So tell me why you wanted to, uh, you're in mortuary school Mm -hmm. now. That is what it's called, right? Where are you in school? John A. Gupton in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Well, there are worse places you could be going to school, I imagine. Very, very true. (laughs) You know. So what made you want to go to mortuary school? And tell me, I cannot wait to find out what is involved in mortuary school. (laughs) This is fascinating to me. Um, So my family's been in the funeral business for about 94 years, if you count. From when my great-grandfather started in 1926. And he started um, his career in Florida. Then he came back to Georgia and was an ambulance driver for Grady for a couple of years and then finally he opened or bought uh kenny funeral home in bremen and kind of that's where we've set up ever since but in that same location no it's we've moved twice now one time across the street and then to the current location yep so family business so you've grown up around yep the funeral business. Most people kind of squirm in their seats when you start talking about funerals. And, you know, my mom's one. She was like, mm, I don't want to talk about like ever. I'm not talking like, you know, somebody just bend her arm to make her make a wheel and that yeah. sort of thing. She's just, mm, I'm not talking about it. And that's how a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. In healthcare, we don't really shy away from it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just part of it. Part of it. So um, this is like second nature to you if you've grown up around that huh grew up across the parking lot for the longest time on gordon street and so literally next door mm-hmm. dad would walk across hall. the parking lot to work every morning and it's kind of a business where you're on call 24 7 yeah these things aren't always planned no they're <laughs> definitely not so what's mortuary school like what does it involve what do you have to do so you have to have all of your core classes done so all your maths and um Englishes and sciences and stuff like that. And then you'll get into more of the embalming classes, clinicals, um, practicum, where you'll actually have to go to a funeral home, work there a couple of days a week and do, you know, calls for them, embalm for them, um, as well as all of your other advanced kind of level courses, like your chemistries, like your micros, anatomy, restorative arts and stuff like that. Restorative arts. Yes. So you are learning to embalm mm-hmm. and then you're also learning how to, I guess, prepare yes a body and then if there's under certain circumstances if they've been like a car accident or something like that restorative art is more along the lines of kind of helping put them back together so it's presentable i guess to the family so they can get that final goodbye what about cremation do you learn all that Mm -hmm. there too cremate in school we have to do nine cremations as a graduation requirement and you have to embalm 25 and the last one you'll do it has to be completely by yourself interesting mm-hmm. different i mean this uh, there's no good way to ask this question do you have to do like different sizes of people or is it just people period is well, there a difference in doing like age groups yes there's definitely a difference in a 98 year old little woman versus a big 400 pound you know middle-aged man there's a big difference in that but i mean other than that no not not too terribly much the same process the process. procedures is kind of the same yeah. it's just whatever's involved yeah after that 
yeah, different fluids, different things that you'll need for per case. You just kind of have to do your assessment once you see them and go from there. So is mortuary school mostly about the, I guess, preparing the bodies, or is it also about taking care of the families and the, the funeral and burial process outside of just the technical Yeah, so we have it. to go through several, like, counseling courses, take several, like, different level counseling exams and stuff like that just to make sure before we'll, they'll even let us get to the restorative art aspect of it. We have to make sure that family care and all of that's taken care of first. And that probably you as, as students are psychologically healthy to do this mm-hmm. too, you know, because yeah. I'm sure there are some... It's it's hard sometimes. Um, a lot of one of the big misconceptions is that you, you're like immune to death. I'm not. I boohooed like a baby last week at a graveside service, and it just you know it never gets easier. But you're bringing closure to that family, and you're helping that family kind of move on to the next chapter of their lives without that loved one. So, yeah, I I bawled like a baby. I had to turn around, take my sunglasses off. I had mascara running down my face. It was it was a mess. Aww. I think the kids are like a baby would be oh i can't i can't do those now i did um during one of my clinicals there was a child that passed away and that would just mm, oh my gosh i immediately thought like i want to have kids one day i immediately thought of you know colon maddox like i immediately that all went running through my mind i was like yep nope i'm out i can't maybe we can try this later in a more controlled setting like if i were with my dad i think it'd be a totally different kind of situation you know but i was i mean that would be emotional "Mm -hmm." Mm-hmm. No, it's that's the roughest on me. No, for sure. I cannot imagine. Yeah. Lord have mercy. You um, said you have prepared some of the misconceptions associated with, Jeez, yeah. with funerals. <laughs> let's let's talk about them. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess the first one, like I said, everyone kind of assumes that funeral directors, morticians are kind of morbid and they no know, emotion. are immune to death. They don't get emotional. I can go ahead and debunk that one right now. I'm an emotional wreck sometimes <laughs> at these services. Um, i trying to think. Well, it's the same thing as being like in healthcare yeah. too. You can't, when you lose that emotional connection to it is mm-hmm. when you lose the ability to be good at it. Yeah. That's what I think. You right. know, like, I don't know how you can tell somebody they have cancer or something, something that's got a timeline on it and not get emotional about it. Like, for me, that is the worst conversation to have with a patient. Yes, yes, yes. And if you can, if you're able to just disconnect from that kind of thing, then you've lost your ability to be a good right. provider or a good. See, and that's my worst nightmare: the thought of having to tell someone like you have cancer, or mm-hmm. tell like a loved one like, "Hey, right, some you have something terminal or yeah. something." Yeah, I could just. Mm-mm. I would once again. I'd be an emotional wreck with them. It's I'd hard, cry. isn't it? I, I'm way too emotional for that. Mm-hmm. That would wreck me on a spiritual basis, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, trying to find some of these. I also thought about some, like, do's and don'ts, but, like, one of them was, like, pre-planning, too. One of, like, the most common ones I found on the internet was you can't pre-plan a funeral, like, young. Like, it's just, like, kind of taboo. It's just bad luck almost, like, jinxing it if you pre-plan a funeral, like, your funeral at Tough a younger age. Young, yeah. yeah, that's a big one, which I feel like that be no different than having a will i would think exactly, right yeah. i mean it's telling people what you want to have done mm-hmm. yeah for sure either pre-funded or not that's the thing like um i know mom and dad both have theirs already planned out like i'm in the process of doing mine because i mean you never know when god's gonna call you home so no 
I'd rather everybody be prepared and know what I want. So what does that process involve? Coming to see y'all, like filling out paperwork? Yeah. So we have a checklist online or like on our main website, just life insurance policies. Like if you want us to know anything about those or have access to those account numbers. So when you do pass away, your family doesn't have to go searching through your mama's basement to find everything. So security numbers, names, like names of your parents for death certificate purposes, you know, where they were born, that kind of stuff. And then you'll get into more or less the preparing side of it. Do you want to be cremated? Do you want to be, do you want to have a funeral or would you like to have a memorial service? Like it kind of gets into those choices that you have to make. I've got some questions about this. In the state of Georgia, can you be buried anywhere? Or do you have to be buried in a... Are you getting back certain... to the tree pods? Yeah, I'm getting back <laughs> to the tree pods. I'm coming back around to the tree pods. Oh, mercy. Not, so I did not learn much about tree pods in school. So I'm not very well... I know what they are, but I'm not sure about the burial permits for that. You honestly. can have... you. So, I mean, this has been years ago. I knew a man who was buried on his farm. Mm-hmm. But then I thought that they had changed laws and you couldn't do that anymore. Can you? I guess you can get permits to be buried like on a farm or on I'm a assuming farm? you can. I, I don't think there's no like law that says like, oh, you have to be embalmed or oh, like you have to be cremated. Like you, that's your choice. But I'm, I would assume like if you want to be mar- buried on your um, farm, you can be buried on your farm. I'd, yeah, they have these tree pods. I want to be in the tree pod. Yeah. I want a tree to grab for me. My sister, who's a butthole, said that my butt's so big they'd have to get a backhoe <laughs> to bury me. And I was like, that's not nice. <laughs> oh, it was funny, though. That's how we love each other, yeah. is that kind of thing. But <laughs> I heard that like, there's some like issues with the tree pods, though. Oh. I heard that a lot of the trees die. Oh, that oh. would be so depressing. Like, I heard they don't make... like. I need it to be like a five-year-old established tree. Like, yeah. I need like it to live. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like the Timbers Oaks, like when they brought those in. Oh, after gosh. they replanted them, you know, they were really established. They're big trees. That'd be about the only way I could see it. Being really. I wonder if it's got something to do with like the embalming chemical. Like, do they embalm you if they okay. put you in a tree pod? That was, okay, you I said that. You no, don't have, that would be how have to be you natural. You don't have to be embalmed, right? No, you don't have to be embalmed. Okay, this is, this is fascinating. This always kind of like bothered me as well. Mm-hmm. I know that we embalm people really to slow the decompensation Mm -hmm. process, Mm -hmm. smells and Mm -hmm. whatnot, but embalming somebody and then putting them in a vault, in a coffin, and then in a vault, it's sort of like, what is the point? Like, shouldn't you kind of ashes to ashes, dust to dust kind of thing? Like, I I think some people just don't like the idea of that, but I'm kind of like, well, let me go back into the earth. Yeah. Well, I mean, when, once you, if you were to do like a natural route, like without any kind of protection or anything like that, it would just be your bones by the end of it. And that would be, yeah. it. I mean, I think of it more as like when our Lord and Savior does come, we're going to be in that perfect body that we were in, able to rise and go on, be with him. That's I how gotcha. I kind of think about it. I gotcha. But burial vaults are a totally different thing too. Sometimes you can have them, sometimes like they don't allow them or sometimes they like absolutely do like a space kind of issue? Well, some require the ground, them, some like, don't. Cert, like the ground kind of like, if it's a more soft ground like cemetery, they require you to have them because once you tamp the grave down, it yeah. sinks and there's holes and it, that's a whole thing too. Hmm. I'm yeah. fascinated with like New Orleans and their cemeteries and yeah. they are, they're, it's beautiful. There's, I know uh, that's kind of weird saying, but they're beautiful. They're yeah. Yeah. Like seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. There's a, a church on 27 right up here where it's got an above ground 
I guess, I don't know. Mausoleum? Yeah, but it's not the whole, it's not the big building mausoleum. It's just like an above ground vault thing. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. when you sometimes see those single ones, Mm -hmm. but it's collapsed. Mm. They don't see anything in it. So I'm always joking with my kids about, can you see bones in there? Can you see bones? That's, I'm sorry. That's inappropriate. But we do that. But what, I mean, and those kind of things, I know those are really old, but is there usually a coffin in there? For older, like, grave spaces? Yeah. Yeah, usually most of them are made of bronze or like cast iron. So, like, if you have to get those, like, disinter them, you better have some real heavy equipment because hmm. you're not going to dig them out and carry them out by hand, like, if you were to, like, move them to another location. But most of them, you know, you see on, like, movies and stuff like that from Old West days and stuff like that where you've got a wooden casket and that's it. Most of them were cast iron, like, bronze, like, heavy, heavy, heavy metal stuff. What's in a mausoleum? So a mausoleum, so you can have a family, like mausoleum. So like, say like we did one, Erica, like for our whole family. Cause mom's Oh, that not, thing would be like a whole building. Mom, <laughs> y'all's family's huge. <laughs> mom, um, mom told dad that she'd come back and haunt him because she originally wanted to be cremated. And my and mom wants to be cremated too. Dad's not going to let that happen. No. I'm not going to let that happen. So mom was like, well, I'm not going to be buried, you know, in the ground. So we better figure something mm. out. So you would have like say for our family mausoleum you'd have different little crypts so different spaces inside of this big mausoleum where each casket would go to fit everybody that makes sense then if somebody decides to be like cremated there's little niches in the mausoleum where the cremation urns can go Hmm. fascinating yeah is there a pet mausoleum in in bremen <laughs> I know that there is your face there is are so serious. That are cream, or I think they were actually. I think there's a pet cemetery kind of mo- in a mausoleum out at Forest Lawn. I do know. Yeah, yeah. But I I don't know about a pet cemetery. Well, really. the mausoleum. I just remember stopping by there as a kid. Like, what yeah. is this? Oh, I think these are pets. Yeah, I know. There's a family that does have them. Like, and all of their pets have been put in there. And then eventually, once they pass away, they'll also go in there with all their pets. Wow. Mm-hmm. They're serious about their, their pets. Mm-hmm. That's probably something my family would do. Like my, I, come, I like animals. Mm-hmm. I don't think people should mistreat animals. Mm-hmm. I don't need, like, dog slobber in my face, you know? Like, I like to pet them right here. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Not my, my family loves their animals, loves them. So, that's uh, Yeah, my animal, Opie which my husband gave me our first year that we were together has been on vacation as my mom likes to call it at her house <laughs> for quarantine. <laughs> she came to the house one day and she was like, I think y'all are a little stressed. I'm take so, Opie with me. Yep. Opie's been gone since March. Oh my gosh. Beginning of March. Oh good. That dog Lord. probably weighs 20 pounds now. Oh, I know. Guaranteed. Well, FaceTime my mom and Maddox is like, Opie, Opie puppies. <laughs> and Cole's like, he's on vacation. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. Cole always there to give you the reality Oh, yeah. Check. He's on vacation. Um, can you spread ashes anywhere if you're cremated? So you have to, like, if you were to do it at sea, you have to get a permit through the EPA. Really? And it has to be three nautical miles offshore for you to be able to do spread those. Um, you can do a private plane and do aerial scattering. Hmm. Um, Just going to sprinkle a little bit of you I mean, everywhere. And then you like Ew. some cemeteries do like, um, cremation gardens where like, where you can like spread your ashes and then like rake them in. 
to the like to the ground and stuff like that. So yeah, I didn't it realize just, it so all depends. Lots of options. Yeah, there's really endless options as long as you get the right permits for it. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta get the right permits. I know. Whenever I was at Auburn, whenever the uh, kick six happened at the Iron Bowl, somebody brought ashes out onto the field. They had to take up all of the grass. Like they were gonna do it anyways, but Coach Malzon was apparently not like really upset, but they had to take up all of the grass on that field because somebody, somebody spread, the, spread ashes. the ashes on the field. That is a dedicated football fan. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they got them in. How like when they went through like detectors and stuff like that. I don't know. How they had they, to have put them in a baggie bag or something. Or something. Lock, yeah. Put them in a boot or something. But yeah. Can you imagine smuggling in a literally, I mean, dead body in ash form <laughs> into a football game. <laughs> it's like weekend at Bernie. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> different. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's weird. Well, I remember first Ryan and I first started dating and he had to stop by the funeral home for something. And it was at night. He had to grab something for Bill and Susan. And he was like, come on. I'm like, I'm not going in there. Like it's pitch black at night. And that is a funeral home. Like there are dead folks in there. Like I've not been raised around a funeral home. So to me, like I was like, I'm not going in there. Like I'm, I'm y'all know me. Like I do not do ghosts. Like I'm not about trying to mess with the spooky spirits, like the spooky spirit in Bremen. We have this like (laughs) agreement, (laughs) but I walked in there and of course I walked past one of the rooms and sure enough, somebody's in there. I'm like, Ryan, we've got to get out of here. Like we've got to get out. He's like, Erica you're fine. They're dead. They're not going to bother you. But now I'm used to it. I mean, it doesn't bother me, but still walking by that, I still have that picture in my head of that body just sitting in there. Like, what am I doing in this place? Like, who am I dating? (laughs) Tyler Tyler Carr is still not used to it at all. Literally, he came uh, to Bremen one weekend and I was showing him all of the renovations we've done at the Bremen location. And I was so excited about it. You know, this place has not been renovated (laughs) since my great grandmother did it in the 60s. Like, so same couches, same curtains, same like wall color, everything. And I was so excited and I forgot, like I, I did not know that they had went ahead and put this gentleman in our large stateroom. So I'm walking around, turning lights on. It's late in the evening. Yeah. So y'all just flip everywhere. through like it's the dang playroom. Yeah. <laughs> and I get to the back large stateroom now and it's, it's one of the most beautiful rooms that we've got. And I flip that light on and I'm like, yeah, so we put new carpet in here and we got this big blue couch. Like, it's so pretty. And Tyler literally is just staring at me and I look at him like, what's wrong? And he points to the back center wall (laughs) and he goes, I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. I was like, why? He goes, there's a dead person right there. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, they can't hurt you yeah but like he he doesn't do it either no i don't something i don't know Mm -mm. like just like when we go to like new orleans like i'm not about to go in that voodoo shop like that i don't know as a sidebar that's That's some bad mojo experiences of my life what going into a voodoo shop we went in one of those no man you don't go in there i got the Mm -hmm. mic i was like okay no yes yes i was like i gotta Uh -uh. get out of here right now i don't play with that stuff like you that's all you mm-mm Mm-mm. Evil is real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going in there. Question. What do you think is an appropriate age to allow, allow a child to go to a visitation or funeral? And I know to that's some extent question. it's going to depend on the child. Yeah. But So, like, if, for instance, like, Cole and Maddox, like, they've come up to the funeral home and visited before. But, like, I don't think. They don't understand. I don't think yet. they understand. Like, if you're talking in terms of when they will understand, like, you know, so-and-so passed away. 
I would say about seven years old. I think that's about the best time for them to understand like, okay, like they're no longer with us. Like we're going to go to a funeral, like X, Y, Z. But some people bring newborn babies in and they'll start screaming mid sermon. And you know, the mother's trying and everybody, you know, cause it's an older chapel. So there's right. old wooden benches and or pews and all that. So I think about six or seven when is when they like would totally kind of understand I, the finality of it. I have taken both of my kids to a visitation yeah. and it was somebody that they knew, but didn't know real well, yeah. you know, like somebody from church that they would recognize, but not have a really strong relationship, close with. relationship with just, and they did fine with that, but I've never taken them to a how did you explain it to him? Because that's that's one thing like a lot of parents are like, I don't know how to explain you well, know, death to my kid. We live on a farm, so life and death has sort yeah. of always been part of your discussion. Yeah, our discussion. Like when baby, you know, we've had to pull calves and babies mm-hmm. have died. And and two, like I told my sister and anybody who's going into healthcare, one of the first things I tell them is you've got to make peace with death mm-hmm. sooner rather mm-hmm. than later because it's going to be part of it. You're going to deal with it. It's going to break your heart but you need to make peace with the fact that this is going to be part of life so we've just always kind of been real honest and open and not try to sugarcoat it but it also you know we're we believe in jesus and we mm-hmm. believe in heaven and we believe this is not the end for believers and so when i'm having that hospice discussion or right. whatever with families i always tell them like death is not our enemy mm-hmm. suffering is our enemy you know death is a often a blessing you know and a welcome friend at, you know, in certain circumstances. So um, it's just, I think approaching it with that perspective yeah. makes it easier. My grandfather has always told me, and then Dennis kind of reiterated it once I got um, halfway through mortuary school, there's a lot worse things than death. Oh yeah, and sure. there really are. Yeah. Pain, suffering, like at least I know, you know, they're at peace. Yeah. But I think it starts early. I think setting that foundation early, yeah. kind of having those open conversations with your kids yeah. that not don't be afraid of it. Yeah, Have you I don't. To Cole yeah. About it? Mm-hmm. yeah, I don't tell them they're just sleeping. I don't tell them you know yeah. any of that kind of stuff. You know, it's we talk about feelings and it's okay to cry. And I have one child. Aiden is just steady as the sun. Like she is just unfazed by things, not in a calloused way, but she's just very, just very stable. She's just steady, level headed level rational always has been and then i have luke who is very feeling if he is happy we're all gonna be having a ball if he is mad y'all all all gonna know about it if he is sad he is gonna cry like he just he feels things so it'll be interesting to see you know how they respond respond when it really kind of comes home hits home for them but you know we don't we don't shy away from those kind of discussions we just have them because it's just part of life but it's a good thing, especially like with Luke, like feeling all those feelings. Yeah. Most like young boys nowadays, you know, you're not going to cry. Don't cry. Like you're yeah. not, oh, yeah. you're not a real man. I get on, you, I get cry. on to David. No, David. you cry. Like David's let it real out. emotional. You know, you hear a lot of girls say, I never saw my daddy cry until the day I got married or whatever, whatever. Mm-mm. I bet they've seen David cry more than they've ever seen me cry. You know, he's just, but he'll, I'll catch him sometimes when Luke's crying saying, quit crying. Da, da, da. I say, don't tell him that. Like if he's sad, let him cry. Yeah. If he's mad, let him cry. You know? See, Ryan's opposite. Yeah. Like, I've seen Ryan cry probably two times in 10 years. <laughs> I've never, I don't think. I, and and so he is hard on the voice. Like, he is no emotion. Like, we're not going to do that. Just suck it up and move on with life. And I'm like, no. If they have emotions, they need to talk about it. Just like Cole. Cole's got terrible anxiety. He is my kid. And lately, since he's been out of his whole routine with the coronavirus thing going on, he's not going to school. Different people are watching him. He just doesn't know what the day is going to have. So like at night, like he gets nervous about who's coming to watch him the next day and he'll get up. Are you watching me on the monitor? 
are you watching me? Is everything okay? Who's going to come watch me tomorrow? And Ryan's like, get in bed. <laughs> I'm like, okay, first off, he doesn't respond to that. Right. Like you've got to talk to him differently. Right. Like he's one of those, you've just got, he's logical. So just tell him you've yeah. got to explain it in a rational way. Yeah. But Ryan, he just doesn't. Mm-mm. No. He wants it just no emotion. Everybody's just going to move through life. Imagine being the only girl of like four kids and him just telling you to lock it up whenever he has to watch you during summer because school's out. (laughs) He tells me all the time, I'll come home (laughs) talking about work. And he's like, "Um, you need to get a grip. He said, quit bringing emotions into this. Like, okay. I'm not talking to you anymore. (laughs) 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 We're an entire office full of females. So that's not going to work like that. Men. Mm -hmm. I swear. Your daddy was pretty emotional and he was phenomenal when my daddy died like they were just so good and so there for us and just made a horrific process so much easier so it's um what you're doing is critically important you know for families and makes a huge difference in shaping that end of life whether it is something planned and prepared for or tragic and unexpected um is is critically important you know it's a make or break kind of thing for some families trying to because we all want that closure yeah right you know everybody wants to be able to close that door and say you know things worked out how they were supposed to or whatever so and that you know talking about talking to your kids i've always talked to my kids a little bit about this because we'd tried for years to get pregnant and couldn't and when daddy committed suicide i found out seven days later that i was pregnant with a lynn and what's odd she's making a long story short i had a a dream the day before of him in heaven telling me that he was okay and he turned to walk away and we turned back around he said you're going to be pregnant you're going to find out you're pregnant really soon and the next day i you know it was the day i should have started my period and i didn't and i said well i'm just gonna and it was positive I just got full body, like, mm-hmm. chills. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, you know, I've kind of, I've not gone into detail with them about what happened to him, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I've always, you know, talked to her about it, how I wanted a baby for so long, how God sent her at just the right time to kind of help bring us through a hard time. And so we've just always kind of been pretty open about life and death and that God's in control. Mm-hmm. You know, things work out like they're supposed to and how they're supposed to and just have to believe that. Yeah. And you don't ever understand why. No, no. But, you know, you see, you know, I've seen people die who shouldn't have died. I've mm-hmm. seen people live who shouldn't have lived. Mm-hmm. I uh, had a patient, another long story, but a patient who um, had the exact same wound that my father did, but he lived and he wound up coming in the office. He, he wound up being a patient of mine and, uh, had I not kind of gone through what I had been through, I might not have been able to help him right. in the way that I was able to hopefully help him. And I think our experiences definitely shape yeah, yeah, things and kind of plan for... It's all connected, I guess, for sure. is what I'm saying. All oh, yeah. of life is kind of connected. And so that role is in a funeral director position is important. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Weaving all those, tying off those cords that have been woven together, so to speak. So... Well, and I think having the relationships y'all have in this community makes such a difference, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the closeness y'all have to everyone, I think people just feel, like you said, closure. Um, mm-hmm. And just kind of that you know that you're in good hands, that I'm about to give my last moments with this person. And y'all kind of just take it all in. I think, like, one of the most incredible things coming back and being in this business is the trust that people have like, yes. in my family. Absolutely. Like, you know, 
some people around our community, like they will tell you up out front, you know, I'm only coming to y'all. I trust you and they'll do like their pre-needs and stuff like that down to the detail. They're like, oh, and I want you to do my hair and I want you to, you know, you call her to do this, my makeup and all this other kind of stuff. The amount of trust that for sure people put in us, it's unbelievable and it's, it's incredible. But that should also speak volumes for the work I'll do too. Definitely. It's a lot to live up to, too. So it's kind of nerve-wracking at times. <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You've been around it your entire life. You've been raised for this. Yep. <laughs> well, that's, like, really funny you say that. So you know how God kind of just puts things into your life, and you're like, oh, this is what you're going to do, you know? So Jessica Labby, shout out Jessica Labby, she was Chris's best friend growing up, and so she was my babysitter. Her and Liz Parrish kind of, I guess, swapped, you know, watching me and stuff like that. I think her grandfather may have passed away. I was about four or five. And so growing up, we lived right next door to the funeral home. Dad was really busy on like a graveside funeral that day. And so he wasn't going to make it back in time to have the funeral home cleaned and take the trash out, you know, do all the stuff that needs to be done to prepare for visitation. So he calls mom and he's like, hey, can you please go over there and just clean up and do whatever needs to be done? So mom takes me over there with her and they came early. I see him come in, mom's uh, vacuuming. And so I walk up to Jessica and I grab her hand and I wait for the whole entire family to get in our front lobby. And once everybody's in, because I asked Jessica, I said, is this everybody? And she goes, yeah, I think so. I took them back to the stateroom. (laughs) I took them up to the casket and asked if they needed anything. And then when they said no, I walked my little four-year-old self around the table out the door and closed the doors behind me. My mom said she dropped the vacuum cleaner because <laughs> she was in the room right across the hall. She just didn't understand. And, you know, growing up there, obviously, like it's always just felt right. Like it's always felt like I was called to do that. It's a real privilege to be able to take care of people in their worst of times and kind of bring them through it to get them through the better. Well, I think it's definitely got to be a calling to be good at it. It's got to be a calling. So I think you're going to be Wonderful. Well, thank you. You will continue that wonderful family legacy. Erica, you got any more awkward questions for the funeral director over here? Oh, I don't know. I usually ask mine just kind (laughs) of during the day, anytime (laughs) when things pop up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to do some more research on these tree pods. We're going to make sure we have a nice established tree for me when I go. So you can do it on like the spa lawn. (laughs) I may. Y'all have to keep me perfectly plucked and pruned, okay? Well, if you if you look at that little bush over there in that corner, yeah, I'm not yeah. quite sure I should be yeah, in charge of. Fine. That's why I say I'm good with people. I'm bad with plants. Yeah, I'm not good with. I'm, yeah, mm-hmm. so maybe we should maybe we should come mm-hmm. up with an alternate plan than mm-hmm. the tree pot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need one of those year round, <laughs> nevergreen something, mm-hmm. low maintenance. Plant me an azalea. All right. Well, thanks, Jacqueline, for coming on today. Yep. Thank y'all for having me. All right. Till next time, y'all stay healthy. Bye.